How's your drinking during the pandemic? Are you drinking more or less alcohol since the pandemic began? A recent study shows that nearly one in five Americans report heavy drinking and using alcohol to cope with the pandemic stress. What happens when you use alcohol to deal with stress related to the pandemic? This episode dives into what the research found and explores the importance of developing coping skills. Welcome back, listeners, to Talking Addiction and Recovery podcast, which is the follow-up to the book Addiction and Recovery. And I am your host, Andrew J. Schreier. We explore discussions regarding important issues related to both addiction and recovery. Information you learn here is not typical of what you'd find in resources and academic textbooks and comes from experiences as a supervisor, substance abuse counselor, and mental health professional, and all the work done with individuals and others involved in this field. We are going to talk about some issues ranging from a variety of topics in hopes to educate individuals, families, organizations, institutions, communities, mental health professionals, educators, and really anyone else impacted by addiction and recovery. There was a recent article out that was titled, Americans are using alcohol to cope with pandemic stress. Nearly one in five report heavy drinking. So this is going to be a little bit of like the article autopsies that I've done before that just sort of looks into an article and what can we learn from it. And what I've found is that there's a lot of things in relation to stuff that we've talked about before. And it seemed like a very appropriate time to reiterate some of those things after reading about drinking in relation to the pandemic. So parts of the article highlighted that more than 18 months into the COVID-19 outbreak in the U.S., nearly one in five Americans are consuming an unhealthy amount of alcohol. About 17% of respondents reported, quote, heavy drinking in the past 30 days, which was a survey conducted by the firm, the Harris Poll, and it was commissioned by an Ireland-based biopharmaceutical company. And heavy drinking was defined as having two heavy drinking days in a single week, at least twice in the previous 30 days. And a heavy Drinking day was defined as four or more drinks containing alcohol for women and five or more drinks containing alcohol for men. The uh, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration, SAMHSA, the chief medical officer, said the findings were not surprising. Uh, Almost 90% of individuals with substance use disorder are not in treatment and alcohol and drug use typically worsens with isolation. We've seen that a lot with the pandemic with some lockdowns and changes in what is available with like meetings and you know some of the places and outlets people would go to for support. Several studies have also suggested that Americans are buying more alcohol and drinking more frequently during the COVID pandemic. And this this next quote comes from the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. From the director, quote, while we are still learning how the COVID pandemic is impacting alcohol use, it seems clear that some people are drinking more while others are drinking less. In many studies, increases in consumption during the pandemic were linked to increase in stress. Uh, Stress of world events and anxiety about the future can increase drinking and exacerbate symptoms of alcohol use disorder. 
as has been seen in the wake of previous disasters such as 9-11 and Hurricane Katrina. And that came from the NIDA director. Uh, as the world continues to battle COVID-19, it's not clear if the trend is continuing. Here comes another quote of it is dozens of relatively small survey studies have assessed alcohol consumption at various points during the pandemic. It is unclear from these cross-sectional studies whether patterns of consumption are changing for people as the pandemic drags on. It's entirely possible that levels of consumption continue to increase over time for some people while decreasing for others. And this is it gets into a little bit interesting of what respondents are reporting is three in 10 so they continue to drink despite making them feel depressed or anxious or adding to another health problem. About one in four reported they continued to drink after experiencing a memory blackout. More than one in five experienced withdrawal symptoms when the effects of alcohol were wearing off. 23% gave up or cut back on activities that were important or interesting to them in order to drink. The survey found more than half of respondents who reported heavy drinking were aware of treatment options for alcohol dependence, such as like support groups and residential rehabilitation options, but 80%, 87% were not undergoing current treatment at the time of the survey. More than half said they were either very or somewhat motivated to seek treatment for their drinking. One half of survey respondents who reported heavy drinking said someone had expressed concern to them about their drinking. Among this group, nearly four and five said that it was a family member who expressed concern. Almost half of this group who had sought treatment said that the reason they did so was because their family member had expressed concern about their drinking. And it's interesting that uh, one of the things that we, the article points to at the end is as we are trying to maintain and stay healthy during this pandemic, we also have to look at alcohol's impact on health overall. And I'm going to share more about this in a future episode, but when I visited a local county medical examiner's office, one of the doctors talked about how, you know, alcohol is basically like poison for the body. And, you know, what does it do when it comes to trying to stay healthy at this time, and one of the things the article talked about was alcohol misuse both activates the immune system, causing inflammation, and interferes with the body's immune response to viral and bacterial infections. So, when the pandemic hit, we saw concerns with alcohol use. Even before the pandemic hit, there was concerns about alcohol use. So this wasn't too surprising, and. You know, some people have suggested that alcohol use has always been on the rise, has always been a concern. The opioid epidemic sort of overshadowed the growing alcohol concern. And so like the pandemic hits and we see, once again, some concerns with alcohol use. And we saw things change, you know, here in Wisconsin, you know, bars were able to do takeout orders for a while and they still can but during during lockdowns they were able to do takeout and one of the things that we saw was that bars were actually able to sell booze to take home you know we saw you know alcohol establishments be able to you could do pickup you could do curbside pickup at some places there were also options for people to get you know alcohol shipped to them and sent to them so these you know, establishments had to 
make changes in order to survive, you know, entirely understandable. But at a time where we thought maybe drinking may have gone down because of the lack of availability or access, we saw ways that continued to provide individuals with alcohol. So we want to look at some things that really came out of this article that are important to highlight. And one of them is is coping skill or pacifier. And I really want to ask this is how are you coping with the pandemic? And I really want you to think specifically about this. What are you doing with free time, with boredom, with loneliness, isolation, frustration, when you are experiencing some distress related to the pandemic? I want you to think really hard about the coping skill you are applying. What is it? How is it helping you cope with the situation? Meaning, how does it help solve or address the issue? How does it make the distress better? How is it improving your situation or reducing the distress of it? I'm not talking about numbing, escaping, or avoiding. If you're doing something to numb, escape, or avoid, then you aren't coping. And this was talked about a lot in episode 31, Kicking the Can. And really when I talk about coping skill becomes problematic. You know, is is drinking a part of your structure and routine with the pandemic? Is it something you make sure you have on hand? Is it something you are doing regularly when you start to feel distressed? What happens when you don't have it? How are you when you're not drinking? What other coping skills are you using besides alcohol. And this is where a substance or behavior becomes like the pacifier in the toolbox. You know, we start to add this as this coping skill that that's what we are calling it. And it's a tool. It's doing something for us. The more and more we get connected with that, we stop using the other tools and we solely rely on that one tool. Then all of a sudden, when we don't have that tool, we are without it, 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 we start to become even more distressed. I need it. I must have it. And now all of a sudden, a, a, a box full of tools that have one tool now has become the pacifier. I see it a lot with people in, in the work that I do. And one thing I really want to look at is when we look at And that's one of my issues with the word coping. And even the headline using the word coping is is not really what we look at as coping. If this is helping to cope, you know, then then why isn't it getting any better? You know, wouldn't the problem you're dealing with in relation to the pandemic getting better if alcohol is a true coping skill? And the answer is probably not. When you look at some of those answers that people responded to continue to drink despite making them feel depressed or anxious that would be a concern drinking after a memory blackout experiencing withdrawal symptoms giving up or cutting back on activities that were important or interesting to them that wouldn't be looking at as that is helping you cope it's probably making things a little bit more difficult or challenging so that's that's why to start this off, really looking at how are you coping 
during the pandemic? What are you doing to help you get through the distress? And how is that tool helping you? The second thing you want to look at is structure and routine. You know, the pandemic really uprooted a lot about our daily schedules and routines in so many ways from what we did, how we got there, what's available, what's not, changes to how we were able to do things, stuff being canceled, etc. right? Like that was one of the first things I noticed was how it really disrupted everyday life and how a lot of people were not prepared for it. You know, like no time to really prepare for it either. A major learning point during this, among many, is that I saw how we under, we didn't really appreciate the value of the maintenance stage of change. And we look at the stage of change, there is one about maintenance stage. And maintenance stage is normally like someone is working their recovery plan, they've been taking action, they've been doing the work, and they're sort of like maintaining that plan and one of the ways that people use to describe is kind of like a car like you've built your vehicle of recovery you have put action into it and now you're kind of coasting along but once in a while you gotta maintain it right you gotta fill it with gas you gotta get your oil changed you gotta get your tires taken care of like you can't just continue to to drive the same old thing forever you gotta maintain it and looking at the pandemic It's like we were driving along and wherever we were, you know, maybe when we look at the addiction recovery, maybe someone was actively using, maybe someone was sober. If we look at mental health, maybe someone was really taking care of their mental health and doing well. Maybe someone was really struggling, maybe at one of their lows. No matter who we were, what we were doing and where we were, the pandemic came along and it's just like we were driving along and we just got hit really hard. And it was, how did we respond to it? How did we adjust? And going forward, I know that paying attention to the maintenance stage teaches us how to do that. All of a sudden something gets canceled. How do we adjust to that? How do we respond to that? How do we plan for that? Normally that maintenance stage is sort of set aside for people who have been maintaining their recovery. But someone who maybe just got into treatment and this happened, they need to learn how to adjust and figure out how to deal with like those challenges and difficulties. So that maintenance stage is really valuable. And it's something that we can look at as when there are changes, when there are things that happen, how do we still maintain without it causing more disruption that it already has? And scheduling and routine is really important to that. And that was in episode 15, like way back, is the importance of scheduling, which is really aimed at helping with issues related to structure, routine, and when that gets disrupted, what does that do to us? And I know a lot of people say they don't like structure or scheduling. They like to kind of do what they want to do. But I think a lot more people benefit from structure and routine than those who, who don't have that. The third point to talk about is family members and loved ones being concerned. It was really intriguing to see 
the concern expressed by family members and loved ones about someone's drinking. The, the, the research said one half of survey respondents who reported heavy drinking said someone had expressed concern to them about their drinking. Nearly four in five among that group said that it was a family member who expressed concern. About half in this group saw treatment after a family member was concerned. And that's not something new because plenty of times people seek treatment or come to get help because someone's concerned about their alcohol use or someone's drug use, pornography, gambling, whatever the case may be. I'm curious to know about those individuals' alcohol use as well. So if I'm concerned about a family member's drinking, to me in my position, I'm kind of looking at what what's going on with my own drinking, with my concern about someone's drinking. So are they consuming alcohol? Are they some of the individuals who have decreased or given up drinking? You know, what are we doing as a family or loved one to support not drinking as we are dealing with the pandemic? Are we hosting get-togethers or events where alcohol is like the center stage? Are people trying to do things where alcohol is not a part of it? So don't know enough about it in what was said in this study, but I'm just curious to know more so about how families or couples in general responded to, you know, pandemic stress in relation to alcohol. Now, number four is there are concerns about alcohol use disorder. Uh, and I'll reference that as AUD as I'm, I'm talking about it, but as I was reading some of those things, there's some stuff that stood out. And there's 11 criteria used for substance use disorders. Um, and in particular, this would be alcohol use disorder. And when we assess and diagnose someone, that's what is used to identify that they have an alcohol use disorder. And when we were looking over some of the research, and it could have easily been taken from this, but when you look at those 11, I'm going to read them. I just want you to think, did I, did I, have any of these been talked about yet? So has any of this been mentioned in the numbers and the information I've given? So one is alcohol is often taken in larger amounts or over a longer period than was intended. Number two, there is a persistent desire or unsuccessful efforts to cut down or control use. Number three, a great deal of time is spent in activities necessary to obtain alcohol, use alcohol, or recover from its effects. Number four, craving or a strong desire or urge to use alcohol. Number five, recurrent work or recurrent alcohol use resulting in a failure to fulfill major role obligations at work, school, or home. Number six, continued use. Continued alcohol use despite having persistent or reoccurring social or interpersonal problems caused by or exacerbated by the effects of alcohol. Number seven, important social, occupational, recreational activities are given up or reduced because of alcohol use. Number eight, reoccurring alcohol use in situations which is physically dangerous. Number nine, alcohol use is continued despite 
knowledge of having a persistent or reoccurrent physical or psychological problem that is likely to have been caused or exacerbated by alcohol. Number 10, tolerance as defined by either of the following, a need for markedly increased amounts of alcohol to achieve intoxication or desired effect, or B, a markedly diminished effect with continued use of the same amount of alcohol. And number 11 is withdrawal as manifested by either of the following, the characteristic withdrawal syndrome for alcohol or alcohol is taken to relieve or avoid withdrawal symptoms. Now, as I read through those and looked at, remember what I was sharing before, you could make a case or at least say we need to further explore at least one, two, three, four, five, six of those. So six out of the 11. And it was concerning to see some of the reported concerns with drinking during the pandemic are directly related to some of the criteria used to diagnose an an alcohol use disorder. So maybe that's how it was designed. Maybe that's where they took some of those, you know, the, the criteria and put it into the study to see if people were meeting criteria. So even though not everyone who drinks has an alcohol use disorder, we cannot ignore that some people who are drinking more during the pandemic could be worsening symptoms of an already present AUD or the increased amount of drinking could be leading to further AUD symptoms. So therefore, it's important to look at getting assessed and possibly treated if there are concerns and and help is available. I did a podcast episode before about waiting to get help, which was specifically addressing getting help during this time that we saw a lot of people who were going to sort of wait it out, see what happens, wait for things to go back to normal. And I really emphasized back then that this is something that shouldn't wait. You shouldn't wait to treat a substance use disorder, an alcohol use disorder, mental health, marital, family, like these things shouldn't wait until the pandemic is quote unquote order, like over. That episode about waiting to get help, by the way, was released on May 3rd, 2020. So right in the midst of when things really started picking up, was talking about waiting to get help. And I know there's there's still people waiting to get help and you don't need to do that. So that'd be a good one too. If you're thinking about getting help or I don't know if I should take a listen to that. Number five is let's, let's talk about coping during the pandemic, real coping, not escaping, not avoiding, not numbing, but coping. And instead of focusing entirely on how your drinking is during the pandemic, we should also make sure to take a look at developing better coping skills for the stress. Plenty of ways to cope. Cope without a cost. Coping without the heavy price tag. Coping without symptoms working. Coping without guilt and shame and further isolation and depression. Coping with a a healthy twist and not resulting in the unhealthy outcomes that alcohol can have on the mind, the body, and a spirit. You know, create a list. Create a list of ways to cope during the pandemic. 
What are your stressors? What are you having problems with? And then when you're dealing with that, have a list and go through them. Don't just wait and see what happens. That's the worst thing you could ever say. I learned that a long time ago when I used to work with with kids and early in my career. And we used to go to court in order for them to return home. And I remember there would be a big difference when a client, when the judge would ask, well, what are you going to do when you go home? And a significant difference between the kids who talked about plans, how they were going to deal with things, what they were going to do to avoid going back and being in front of the judge again, versus the person that says, well, we'll see what happens. I can't tell you the amount of head shakes, eye rolls, um, just disappointed looks when we're in a courtroom and someone's about to go home after they've just been out of the home for months and their answer of what are you going to, you know, what are you going to do is we'll just see what happens. Cause right now, you know, if you don't do anything about that, what I'm imagining is that what's going to happen is just more drinking. And I'm not saying don't drink, um, depending on your situation, but Don't continue to have alcohol be that main go-to when dealing with some of the stressors with the pandemic. Don't let it be the only tool you have. And when you open the coping skills box, it's now a pacifier. It's not doing anything to actually fix, solve, address, or improve it. It's providing this false sense of self-soothing by numbing, escaping, and avoiding. But now you that's coming with costs. One of the things you want to do is if you are having issues with coping and, and don't know about what coping skills or how to apply it is you want to go to episode 13, which, which is another one of the earlier episodes is coping while urge surfing. And that talks about my 10 plus one. It discusses how to use coping skills when you start to get that increased distress and starting to have like that urge and craving. And that can even happen for drinking. Absolutely it can. Even if you don't have an alcohol use disorder, people can crave that. So go back to that one and listen to how to work with that. How to build that. So in a review, you know, we kind of want to look at with reading this article Are we talking about coping skill? Are we talking about the pacifier? And really taking a look at that. Number two, we want to look at our structure and routine. What are we doing to give ourselves that structure and routine to get through some of the pandemic stress? Three, family members and loved ones. If we have concerns about someone, there are ways to get help. But we also have to look at what are we doing as well? Are we setting up you know, the environment or the atmosphere that there's no drinking or that we support non-drinking? Or are there some things that we're doing that might be encouraging it or at least not addressing it as much as it, it should? Number four is concerns about alcohol use disorder. Yes, there are some things talked about in the article that as a clinician, when it comes to assessment and diagnosis, 
there are red flags that there are some symptoms going on. And looking at how someone who might be having symptoms of alcohol use disorder or several is needing to get help because continued drinking during the pandemic or as a way to quote unquote cope is likely to make things worse. Then number five is really looking at coping during the pandemic is create a plan, create a list of coping skills. What are your stressors? What do you have a hard time dealing with? Put this plan into action. If you listen to any of my my previous episodes, you'll know that I'm a big part of, a big fan of making plans. Because those are plans that you can follow when you start to feel the distress. And there is a lot of stress. And, And with the impact of the pandemic, no doubt about it. And for some of us, drinking has decreased. And maybe it stopped. For some of us, drinking may have increased, possibly to the point where it's making matters worse and, and causing problems. You know, no one says you can't cope or that you need, that your, your coping skills are poor. But it's just alcohol is not coping. And it's not what's going to really help you to deal with the stress related to the pandemic. There are coping skills out there that can do that and help as we continue to make our way through this. So pay attention to some of the postings this week on social media, the Talking Addiction and Recovery podcast Facebook page and Talking Addiction and Recovery Instagram because I'm going to do a couple things to encourage creating coping skills and creating lists of coping skills so pay attention to those if you get some time i mentioned quite a few of the previous podcast episodes and they are ones that can really help out they were created in particularly with how some of the things were going with the pandemic and some of the responses that i saw and it's worth mentioning again, and it's worth listening to. So not only is it that I hope this during this episode you learn something, I hope you also take some time to go back and listen to some others that can also help you cope during the pandemic. So the knowledge is there. The information's available. Let's use this to help people cope throughout the pandemic and what's been going on and not rely on drinking as that answer. Remember, it's recovery month, so continue to work on promoting, supporting, educating recovery. That is for everyone, every family, every community. And with something, two things that really impact communities so much and everyone in it, the pandemic and alcohol use disorders. This is something we want to use to help gain that awareness, share some resources and get people the help that they need. As always, hope you learned something.